0: Get up, get, get, up, get up. Yo, what is
1: up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up podcast, the official podcast of the New York Mets, episode number 134, going over the series against the Oakland A's. It, it was a crazy weekend, not only in Mets land, but for me and James as well. I went to three Major League Baseball games in the span of 24 hours, which included Albert Pujols hitting 699 and seven hundred in LA, then went to the Yankees game. Thought I was going to see some history there. Aaron judge just doesn't have a clutch bone in his body. Couldn't do it for me. And then we were in Baltimore Saturday night. So it's been a crazy 48 hour stretch for me. James joined me in Baltimore. He's had a busy weekend too. The Mets had a busy weekend. We have a lot to talk about in Mets world in our personal lives. So hopefully you guys stick around and listen. If you're enjoying everything that you're seeing, listening, watching on here, make sure you follow us on all our social media at Met Stup on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're listening to us, or that's that's not how I normally do it. See, my brain's broken. I normally say the YouTube first. If you're watching us on YouTube, New York Mets YouTube channel, subscribe over there. And now, if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download, and subscribe. James, my brain is broken. You were with me yesterday, and I was just flubbing words more than I normally
0: do. How, how are you feeling? Because I'm tired as hell. I'm sorry, this is hell too. We got off the train coming back from Baltimore. We got on the train like 8.55 by the skin of our teeth. Made it by three minutes. Miss and Tina, for-
1: shout out Miss Tina, the Uber yeah, driver. Shout,
0: shout out Miss Tina, great Uber driver. Anyone else finding a shout out that we met? Well, we met a couple, well, I a couple had, of Mets fans, in you know, Camden.
1: Yep, I had my Uber driver, uh, Rupinder, in, from the Bronx, who the train was leaving at 3.04 to get to Baltimore. I was like, I got to get there by three because I don't really know where I'm going in Moynihan train hall yet. Need to be there by three. Way said 302. She's like, I got you. Don't worry about it. She got me there in plenty of time. And whew, Uber drivers came in clutch with this, with the driving going on in the cities. Got to appreciate that.
0: Yeah, major. Uh, what else? My brain's kind of broken too because we got about- off that train. I went straight to my office. I did football live tweeting all day. And now we literally came home and just prepped the show. <laughs> well, you talked about uh, the guys that we met in Baltimore.
1: How about the guy who was Bjornsson, the, the bullpen yes, coaches?
0: His cousin. His two cousins.
1: Yes, his cousin. Yes. What you. You, you chatted more with him, so I don't remember what... What was, what was his name, Craig or...? Chris, Chris, because remember... Chris. You, Craig is the Mets guy, yeah. So we had some electric threadheads for the Instagram in Baltimore about, like, Mets-type people. Like,
0: there was the guy wearing the Logan Verrett jersey, yes, which was crazy. He, he worked for the Orioles. He's been doing Camden Yard tours, he said, for the last 15 years. And he, had, he was wearing a Logan Verrett jersey. We also had a couple that weren't Mets-related. We had an Alexandro Ovechkin Orioles jersey. And upon further oh. review of these pictures... I posted on Instagram, I saw that the guy who was wearing the jersey went into Camden Yards with a Ziploc bag with six hot dogs in it. Cooked hot dogs, hot dogs in inside dogs. buns. It's insane. Hot dogs. That's absolutely nuts. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. A lot of funny food in Ziploc bags at the Orioles game. I think their are rules you can bring food in as long as it's in a Ziploc bag and people just really stretch that one out. So we're sitting next to a cool dude wearing a J.J. Hardy jersey. That was pretty funny. And then... There's Lots other of I'm Buck forgetting. Showalter jerseys, yes. of course. Lots of Buck Showalters. A couple people yeah. who said they were rooting for the Mets this year just
1: for Buck, which is really awesome to hear. Of that, we love the people in the city of Baltimore. Had a great time there. And then, of course, it ended with the Bjornson jersey. We saw the guy on the street. They were in their 60s? I'd say, 50, 50. 60s. I say one was 40s,
0: one was 50s. The guy we okay. hung out was his 50s.
1: Yeah, and they're not familiar with the Instagram likes, so when we told him to take a picture, it was a whole ordeal. He was like, yeah. how do you want me to stand Then the other guy got in and put his arm over it. I was like, you got to lift your arm. You're blocking the name. That's the whole point of this picture. And then he was like, can you text it to me? You sent him a text to which he replied with, I love it. I mean, it was so genuinely
0: like whatever this guy was, but he gave you like a sincerely Chris at the end of the text message. It was was like, thank you, comma, nice to meet you, comma, space, space, sincerely, comma, Chris. And then we saw him at the bar after we went out at Pickles
1: Pub. We're sitting at the bar. All of a sudden, I go, hey, look who it is. And he's talking to me, and he's telling me the story about meeting us. He met these guys who host this Mets podcast, and he's going to be featured
0: on it. So, Chris, hopefully you're listening to us. We are these guys. And uh, it, was great. it was a great night in Baltimore. It was a great night in Baltimore. Great ballpark. I'm almost ready to adopt the Orioles as my American League team. Yeah, that's a good one that's a good one. the way, one. They're, the way they're coming in the next few years they're gonna have chances to beat the yankees which is always fun like the rays are my default just because they they're they're just unbelievable but orioles especially with us going to a series there next year traveling there and it being pretty easy going using the amtrak from penn station like that that's a possibility but i digress very fun weekend both our brains are broken now we're going to talk yes. about a series in oakland that was just really really weird
1: it's bananas i like i'd like to throw it out there that was a banana series
0: it was bananas. I don't think any game was uh, within any closer than six runs. But no. for the final score, which is really bizarre for how the Mets have played baseball this year, just three complete blowouts, like I just said. Two really good pitching performances. Pretty good pitching performances are Mets pitchers. One shockingly poor one that will break down. Yeah. You guys know Jacob deGrom did the pitch well against the Oakland Athletics. It's, it was really rubbing people the wrong way. We got some hilarious notes about it. But started on Friday where Chris Bassett was pitching in a game where... If I remember correctly now going back in this week, we had already seen by the time this game began that the Braves had lost to the Phillies on Friday night, yeah. correct? Aaron Ola threw yeah. a gem, if I remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jacob the yep. got hit hard.
1: Yes. I was at the Dodger game seeing pools make history. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing pools hit and the Phillies are smoking the Braves and the Mets are smoking the A's. It's like, this is like one of the best baseball days I've had in a long time.
0: <laughs> no, and it was. And then the Mets got on it early. This was a Walla West Bar thing, a grand slam. Became right? Yes. Yeah. First first grand slam of his entire career. Second met to do that this month, including Marcana with the first grand slam of his career early in September against the Marlins. This was just a very clean game for the Mets best. A lot lot of hits.
1: Yep. Marcana had two doubles quietly, 20 doubles on the year. McNeil had a double His 38th double of the year. That's a shockingly high amount of doubles. We love Jeff McNeil. You know, I love a good extra base hit, especially doubles. As I've been told by foolish baseball, that's kind of a meme that I'm a doubles machine guy. Love a good double. And Eduardo got the home run. The Mets just really were putting the ball over the park. McNeil, three for five, which was good because he had been a little bit cold, you know, coming into the series, wasn't necessarily swinging the bat the greatest. But really, like, we hit. The A's weren't very good. And Chris Bassett was on the mound doing his thing a little bit differently than we've been used to. But it's kind of been a trend recently as well.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about Bassett for a little bit because a lot of people are just seeing that he's like striking out less hitters. And that is definitely true. Like his strikeout rate has dropped five percentage points from the first half to the second half. Twenty-five percent first half, twenty percent second half. But I do think that's like while that's like a meaningful amount of a drop, I think there's more just like weird mitigating circumstances, that are kind of around that. Like really, if you look at Bassett's season, he had this crazy strikeout rate spike in June specifically. Strikeout twenty-nine percent hitters he faced, one of the best months of his life in terms of strikeouts. And every other month has kind of hovered around that like twenty to twenty-two percent range. Besides August, which is very low at 16%, which again, like one anomaly high a month, one anomaly a month low. So the drop-off looks worse because again, he had a really hot month, and then now he's had a very cold month. And those are the two months that are very consequential when you look at half by half stats. But there are also some factors I think are related to this drop in K rate that could mean that there might we just might maybe shouldn't expect the strikeouts we saw in the first half from Chris Bassett. First of all, just a regular ebb and flow of a major league baseball season. His velocity is down a little bit usually pitchers will peak in that like early summer range because it's when you're like the most warmed up with the least fatigue, nicest weather, all that, like his velocity peaked in June when his strikeouts peaked in June. Yeah. You broke out, you broke off the rust a little
1: bit too. Cause like even with spring you're not training, tired yet. yeah, you're not tired yet. That's probably when you really do feel at your top, top of your game.
0: And Bassett has a hilariously like funny line of velocity where he's, uh, he's of course like slightly below league average velocity. He hasn't even like really throw that money seam fastballs, but the difference between sitting like 92.5-93 and like 93.5-94-94.5, which is where he was in June, that's major for missing bats. So I think that tiny bit of velocity that's been lost, which is really just natural in the course of a season, has made a difference for Bass's to strikeout rate. Also, he's throwing significantly less sliders, which I don't know if that is purposeful or if that is maybe just a difference in pitch classification on baseball savant, but the so slider rate is down significantly from early in the year. It peaked in June, actually, which is also the month he had the most strikeouts and has been trending down recently. And then, lastly, guys like Chris Bassett, who are relying more on command than on their stuff. Like, he's just like, if you had to put those two things together, his stuff is better. His command is better than his stuff. Not that either are poor, but the command is the calling card. And it just, the command is going to fluctuate. Command is less sticky than stuff. Because if I have a great curveball, slider, fastball, I can kind of just throw it wherever, and there's still a better chance it gets whiffed. Bassett really needs to he doesn't really get people to chase either. So he has to be kind of pinpoint where those pitches are to get hitters to swing and miss or just get the call strikes he was getting a lot of earlier in the year. And also during that stretch, Bassett, we talked about this a lot in the first half of the season, he was really good at like stacking those four or five or even sometimes six pitches at somewhat of an equal rate to keep hitters off balance during a start. And he has been a little bit more on like a one-track pitch mind recently, throwing like a lot of sinkers or a lot of cutters and a lot of other pitches coming in like, in the 10, 15, 20% range rather than, like, two or three pitches in that range and just, like, all of yeah. them together coming in. So, I don't know, and Friday night was one of those starts where you could see that, like, all the pitches weren't working. He threw 51% sinkers. That was, by far, most of any pitch. And 18% I, colors and I curves. Also, I also think it's worth noting, though, that, like, it's
1: Oakland. It's a very pitcher-friendly part, too. For sure, yeah. And, like, back. you know, he, he went eight innings. He threw 91 pitches in eight innings, too. So, it seemed like it was... A combination of, like you said, all this stuff before, but also in Oakland, let's have a good defense. The offense of the A's isn't something that you necessarily fear. And Bassett was probably like, this is just a game I just want to kind of get through as easy as possible, pitch to contact a little bit more because the damage that the A's are going to do is just really not going
0: to be that substantial. And Buck talked about that. Maybe it wasn't Buck, but someone talked about that on Saturday when I was looking at the media stuff and listening to the beginning game on the radio. Basically, that like they almost wish Bassett got more work. Because he only ended up throwing those 90 pitches, and he pitched, I believe, into the ninth inning, eight and a third. So it was it was a situation where he was almost getting them out too quickly. But also, like, it wasn't it wasn't like necessarily bad contact. Oh, no, he did, just pitched eight. They didn't come out for the ninth. Yeah. Incorrect there. Pull that back. But he got. I think there were 10, nine hard-hit balls by the A's, so they were hitting the ball hard around the yard, which was, like, if they're hitting it very softly, lots of ground balls. There were still lots of ground balls, I'd say yes. But also, they were getting... Around on it again. This isn't any anything remotely close to a cause for concern. I'm just pointing out that like there have been some some differences in Bass this year. He only did have four whiffs in this outing. It was it was a lot of contact. We have seen a lot of these a lot of contact starts recently. So maybe he faces yeah. the Braves next weekend or better teams in the postseason, and you see you're back to thirty percent sliders because that's a more up the pitch. A yeah. yeah, maybe brings the curveball back up too because that curveball has been something's been trending upward. But just something to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, 6-3 was huge in this game for the Mets, too. They drove in seven runs. Obviously, Escobar being a big part of that. It was just, you know, the, the team played really, really
0: well. Everybody was contributing, and the Mets, the Mets won this game nice and easy. Pete was the only starter who didn't have a hard-hit ball, but he also had a hit in two walks and score the run. Every single starter except James McCann had a hit. Even James McCann had two hard-hit balls. Everyone was just, just seemed like very easy. You'd get through the lineup, keep moving around. Vientos had two hits, two RBIs, and a walk, which is good to see beginning of a nice weekend for him. This is just what it felt like was very comfortable and what should happen against the Oakland Athletics. Definitely, and we were feeling good because that Braves loss extended the
1: lead in the division, going into Saturday with Jacob deGrom, which unfortunately was the one game that we lost. And we do have to talk about the not good, which was like, there's not very few times in the last three, four, ever, you talk about Jacob deGrom not pitching well. This was one of them. Uh, He just straight up didn't have a good start. No, this
0: broke his quality star streak, which extended since 2019. I'm going to pull up the exact date now in a second. It was just – it was kind of weird to watch it. And, like, I was listening to Wayne and Jake Eisenberg on the call on the radio doing it, and they were like, this is bizarre. Was it Wayne? Was it Wayne? Oh, no, it wasn't. It was Gary Thorne. Yeah, Gary Thorne, I was correct. like – Wayne was doing football this weekend. You're right. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. shout-out to Wayne
1: because Wayne got the Albert Pujols 700 yes. home run call on Apple TV. So, shout-out to Wayne, friend of the podcast – we, we spoke with him about talking about big moments and calling big moments and being attached to those, and he just got attached to one of the biggest moments in baseball history as the only guy calling that game on Friday night. Got to call Albert Pujols' 700 home run, and
0: it was a great call. Very cool. Yeah, I forgot about that. We just talked about it the last night. Brands are broken. It's been all over the place today. All over the place. It's going to be a scattered episode. Yeah, it's raining really hard outside, too. But, yep, that was Jake DeGrom's first non-quality start since September 3rd, 2019. It's a long put time Put that ago. in perspective for everybody. And we that was didn't even have a hilarious. podcast no i need to have close to a podcast we, weren't even we didn't really live with yet. each other yeah <laughs> you were you were still in college i was uh no i had graduated at that point september yeah a couple months graduated right yes yeah i had just moved from columbus back to new york that's freaking nuts but that was also like hilariously like, back to back non-quality starts jake the two starts in a row there he gave up uh four earned runs but no more no less this one was a little bit worse than that but it's i don't know there was a lot of mitigating circumstances in the first inning where things got bad. One of them was Angel Hernandez being a little bit particular. Which, being Angel like, Hernandez. Yeah, for sure. Particular is probably
1: like... the nicest way anyone's <laughs> ever described Angel Hernandez's performance behind the plate. He's particular. I to
0: wanna... get fined here. I know Angel's going to listen to this. I can, we might, he might call a playoff game. I can't <laughs> piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Angel, we love you. We do a great job. Yeah, because there also weren't that many, like, really egregious calls. Like, there were some bad ones, but it was also just, like, more like, these are calls that Jacob O'Gram usually gets or just, like, inconsistencies with, the way the game was being called. Also, Jeff McNeil kind of mis- misread the fly ball, got a spike caught on. I forgot who hit that ball. Was it machine? I don't remember. It could be. Okay. The brain's the, broken. The, the brain's broken. And when you start talking about the intricacies of the Oakland
1: A's lineup, which is a revolving door for 40-man guys, it seems like. Uh, I'm not going to remember that one, especially when watching this game and, and seeing this one, I had four hours of sleep in the last about 30. So I was I was kind of dead at this point. It was
0: Dermis Garcia, actually. It was Dermis Garcia. Oh.
1: Derm- and Dermis had a good weekend, too, and that's what I told you guys to keep an eye
0: out for, was <laughs> Dermis Garcia. Dude, it was hitting bombs all over the place. Yeah, and then after this, again, I don't know. Just, it, was, it, was, it was bizarre. Then Seth Brown, his solo home run, which was kind of felt like a brack because we had just tied the game on Mark Vientos' his first career home run. Shout out, Mark. That's really good cool. Good weekend. Yeah, so then that was just like an, oh man, like we just we got this. It, Jacob DeGrom enters the mound with a three run lead. You've, like, almost every Mets fan is like, all right, I can zone out of this one. Yeah. And then they take a lead. You're like, this is really bad, but like, team's going to pick him up. The Mark Vance is a home run the next inning. You're like, oh, we picked him up. Let's go. And DeGrom hit that home run. It was just the prevailing feeling that nothing was right. And he came back out for the fourth. Sean Murphy hit a double. He walked machine. That was, and, just the command wasn't there. It was just, uh, things are not good. And Trevor Williams comes in, gives up the home run to new Met killer Connor Capel. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just, we're just like, what, What's happening? What's happened? But, we got we had the Mr. Krabs meme of like, whoa,
1: like like you get back and you're like, I'm almost dizzy. Cause like this this is so out of the ordinary for how this stuff goes. That I mean, it's sort of the narrative with people of like, what's going on? Should we be concerned? Well, is this something to be worried about? And We've weirdly dug into the stats here. You know yeah. we love to dig into the pitching stats, specifically James. But this is where the combination of James with the pitching and me with like the weird, fun, you know, quirky trivia stuff here, along with John, Johnny stats, John helping us out big time with this. We spent like 25 minutes, 30 minutes before this podcast, digging in to the last time Jacob deGrom didn't have a whiff on his four-seam fastball. Because that's that's rare.
0: It doesn't really happen. And what was it? First time since what 2015, I think we ended up finding. This was the first time that Jacob deGrom didn't get a swing and miss with his four-seam fastball since August 24th, 2015. But here's the thing, guys. Here's where it gets absolutely crazy, is that
1: the other times that Jacob deGrom didn't have a whiff on his four-seam fastball came on the 24th of a month as well. Like, it, the
0: only time he hasn't had misses is when it's been the 24th of a month in a year. Three Three times. times. The third time was September 24th, 2022, the game we all just watched. Time before that, August 24th, 2015, a very bad start against the Cardinals. And the time before – oh, no, that was the Phillies. That was the Phillies, yeah. And then time before that, same year, April 24th against the Yankees, a game that was so long ago that Mark Deschere hit two home runs off of Jacob DeGrom. Yeah,
1: the lineups in these games were crazy. Like Kirk Neuenheis was getting significant playing time for the Mets. Steven Drew was, was playing for the Yankees. John just gave us that the Phillies game was the night that Wright came back, and they ended up winning that game, I think 16 They, did. they came to seven. all the way back, yes. Yeah, they that smacked the Phillies around. Yes, and then we found out that Jacob DeGrom also had a bad start in 2016 on August 24th. So there's something weird that goes on with Jacob DeGrom on the 24th day of the month, where he doesn't get swings and misses with his fastball. And I, I honestly, that's just it. We solved the, we solved the mystery. We solved the problem. Just don't worry about Jacob DeGrom pitching on the 24th of the month. Like I, he's human. He's human. This is his human moment. Is that when it's the 24th of the month, he just isn't. The guy that strikes out everybody and gets whiffs on every single pitch like crazy. Like, it's going to happen. He's human.
2: It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
0: Yeah, and then just like, thank, congratulations to us for figuring this out. Maybe we have to, whenever we interview DeGrom, talk about what is what the significance of number 24 is to him. Not yeah. ever tell him any of the stuff that we know, but just be like, any, of course not. Any, unlucky, any unlucky numbers, any lucky numbers, superstitions, anything possible. And then we'll provide that for you guys. But then just to get back to reality, like talk about the Seth Brown homer. People, guys have just been hitting home runs on Jacob the Grom's fastball last few starts. Seth Brown is a lefty. Seemed like he was just sitting dead red, put it out. Seth Brown hits a lot of home runs. That's what he does. And then, like, the biggest run scoring play was that Dermy's double. But it also, like, it, if everything was perfect, it probably would have been caught. Or if it wasn't caught, it probably would have at least been less of damaging of a play. Yeah. Capel had a ground RBI ground out. Langolier is actually a nice piece of hitting. On I believe I wrote it down here was a changeup. It was a hook, hooked the ball down the line. He's a good, he's a decent hitter. It happens. His his velo was down a little again, but like wasn't actually down that much at the end of the start. It was only down a half mile an hour for the season average. And it does seem like this is something he actually might be trying. Yeah. So I, I can't I can't really find myself to get actually nervous about Jake DeGrom because there hasn't been a moment where I actually had to. This is also we haven't really seen DeGrom pitch that much in the last few years. Like we've seen three half seasons since he was back to back back to back Cy Young Award winner. So there hasn't been a lot of adversity. There hasn't been a lot of fatigue. Like This is just this is an ebbs and flows of a season that we haven't actually seen from Jacob deGrom in an incredibly yeah. long time. And that's a really good point that
1: like even even in his Cy Young years, there's going to be some starts in there mixed in that aren't the greatest. I mean, Jacob deGrom was still unbelievable. But yeah, he's human. He's human. He's going to have these starts. I really think that's what it just comes down to. And we were talking about it too before the podcast started about maybe guys are just now sitting the fastball because you're like, I'm not going to hit the slider. It's just not going to happen. So let's just sit fastball and just kind of sell out for it. And I could, that seems like something that the Oakland A's would totally do. Be like, we're just going to sell out on one pitch of Jacob DeGrom. It's going to be the fastball. It's going to be one we have the best chance to hit.
0: It's also like a team like Oakland, like you have nothing to lose. You don't care about anything. Like they might just, they just probably went into it being like, we can hit Jacob DeGrom. When like good teams, thinking teams that are like really yeah. in it, like you hold the battle a little tighter. You're like terrified of Jacob DeGrom. Maybe the ace just kind of had like dumb confidence that mixed with dumb luck, mixed with Angel Hernandez, mixed with McNeil getting a spike caught, and things just kind of snowballed. And yeah, like I'm sure if they would have let Degrom, he probably could have just gone like two additional innings scoreless. He would have probably thrown 110 pitches. He probably worked really hard, but they were just like, it's not worth it. Like sometimes you got to tip the cap and get Trevor Williams some work. It, it just some sometimes didn't go wrong, but it was it was really unbelievable to have the Jacob Degrom start against the Oakland Athletics and see Trevor Williams warming up in the first ten. Yeah, no, that that was was unfortunate for sure, especially because we just gotten a little
1: bit of a lead extension against the Braves, and of course, they end up winning that day, so the lead went right back to 1.5, which, whatever, it's fine. The Mets are still in first place. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You lose games. It happens. It stinks. What was great, though, is we got to forget about this one. Who cares? They lost Saturday. Not really much else we want to talk about. Sunday, Game 3, that was the big one. Also, we were due for a Game 2 poop fest. It had been a minute. Game Mm 3, Scherzer on the mound. Sunday was nice and chill, just like Game One. The Mets just just get a nice win and nice and easy, no drama whatsoever.
0: Domination, yes, from the beginning, literally from the outset of this game. Max Scherzer just—he's incredible. Like he's someone that we're so lucky to be able to rely on. Especially like having two aces is nice. A lot of teams it's don't awesome. even have one, so it's very cool that we can have two. So when your one ace doesn't pitch that well, the next ace can come out the next day and dominate people, completely destroy yes. them. Six innings, one earned, seven strikeouts, one walk, just amazing Mets got run in the second inning on uh I'm forgetting that Nick oh Nick with a single we te- we're texting yeah. group chat about it very nice two out single by by the boy over there Escobar two run single the inning after and it's just completely just move ahead from there Francisco Lindor the huge game Pete yep, hit the big home five. run Lindor went three for five Pete four for five with five RBIs he hit the home
1: run he had a big double that cleared the bases broke yeah, the Mets single b- season RBI record Escobar three for five as well in this. You mentioned Naquin. He was two for five. Nito two for five. I mean, everybody, it seemed like in the starting lineup, I believe, had a hit. And the only guy to not have multiple hits in the starting lineup was Jeff McNeil. Go figure the guy who gets hits like crazy. He went one for four. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Or no, Darren Ruff. He went over for four. Sorry, Darren. Missed you there. But I mean, everyone was hitting. Everybody was swinging it. It was great. It was nice and easy. That's the kind of game I needed after a crazy, crazy weekend. It was nice to come home lay on the couch, be like, oh, the Mets are up, whatever, up by six in the fourth seven inning. Seven to one. <laughs> yeah, seven to one in the fourth inning. This is awesome. This is great. This is exactly what I need. And it was, it was smooth sailing. Max Scherzer's are so good. You guys know it. You guys know the drill. I mean, how much else yeah. do we really need to talk about from this game? Francisco Lindor, guys, full season OPS, back above 800. P. Alonso, Drogen. I said
0: before, yep. broken. a
1: sink. Uh, Well, who, which it? one do you want to talk about first? I want to talk about Lindor hitting 100 RBIs for
0: the first time in his career as well. All right, mention that and then I'll say Pete because it kind of ties in. Yeah, we'll talk about Pete. Go for it. I just mentioned Lindor. <laughs> the Pete thing, he had some quotes after the game about it. Saw him on Twitter and he just talked about how, like, having an RBI record almost has nothing to do with me, it has everything to do with my teammates. Like, how much these guys have gotten on base ahead of me, like, how much this lineup has been able to turn over top of the order, the bottom of the order. That's all been great. If you remember, all the way back in April, an entire, an entire uh, sponsorship ago, <laughs> is that even the word? A partnership? I don't even know what the Partnership, word is. yeah. Yeah, a whole partnership ago. We told you guys that Pete was going to really regress in his RBI totals. Like, last year, he barely even got to 90 or even 80, I believe. Yeah. And the way this, the Mets stacked this lineup, expecting them to be healthy, getting Canna, getting Marte, Lindor hitting ahead of them, do the regress positively. Like, there were going to be tons of opportunities for Pete Alonzo to, as we said, what? Did you say regress positively? Like, just the fact that, like, regression can go in either direction. So, I'm just, like, saying, like, I'm kind of... Is... Can it? I... I, I not, not to call you in, 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 in a statistical term because you regress to a mean, I guess, I guess maybe it's not necessarily the exact right term using. Cause I'm not a, a, a i am not a feel like, yeah, I feel like regression always talks about like down going downward, but it's the same premise that like when he's having like this many, like been, when people are going to be on base and people is going to continue coming to the plate. Even if he wasn't driving these guys in, in the past, it's a little to do with him. It's just eventually what happened. Okay. Okay. I always, I don't, this is just me. Probably. I always
1: assume regression is negative. It, in 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 the word that in the way that you're talking about the word i believe that's true but okay I mean, in I terms of Google statistics it. i'm gonna trust you guys johnny stats is chiming in too and if there's anybody who's gonna know about this it's gonna be johnny stats he's saying it's it's correct so yeah, so they're not right. trying to call okay. you out but mentally and I'm, I'm sure people listening to are like regression regression yeah. <laughs> and he's playing better that doesn't make sense
0: <laughs> yeah it's positive regression just you're going like you're always coming to a meme, So either you're going up or you're going down yeah. Okay. Yeah, and Pete Alonso has gone this way up this year. Just way up, way up. We told everyone about it in April. It, it's just amazing that he's become like as clutch as he has, as consistent as he has, this incredible season he's having. And same with Lindor. Two guys with 100 RBIs. First time Mets with that since 2006. Francisco Lindor, 2007. Just, like you said, his
1: his OPS is back above 100. The years that they're having are 800. incredible. 800. Did I say how much? I say? Oh, I said 100. Yeah. Oh my God. My brain the is broken, broken guys. Broken brain episode. Oh, man, it's been a long one. It's been a long weekend. 25 homers, 103 RBIs, 16 stolen bases, 275, 346, 802 for Francisco Lindor. Abso- that's my shortstop right there. I love the guy. That's my National League MVP. I like it. I like it. We're pushing for it. Let's make Francisco
0: Lindor the MVP. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'm I'm here for yeah, probably it if not. it does. It's,
1: probably he's not. He's
0: I mean, In war, he's like, him, Machado, Goldschmidt, or they're all basically exactly the same. And those are all really, really good players. I'm happy we have one of them. But yes. You look at a series like this, if you don't look in the minutia of Jacob DeGrom and get worried about that, you'll see the Mets won two out of three again, which statistically that makes sense because the Oakland A's, as bad as they are, they're still going to win a third of their games. And you just keep moving on. You keep moving on. You still have a lead in the Braves. Still won a game and a half because they somehow found a way to pull this hurricane game out of their ass in Philadelphia on Sunday. man. man. I, I,
1: I've hated the Phillies for a long time. I, this is like they really just – I newfound hatred that they just couldn't close away this game you really needed them to take three or four from the Braves two of two. It's
0: okay. Three or four would have been great. And now we have two games until our uh, fateful final, uh, second to the last series of the year in Atlanta next weekend. Imagine like yes. one week from right now, like to 10, it's like 10 o'clock next Sunday. We'll have basically full clarity on whether or not the Mets are going to win the division or not. Yeah. We're going to be either really, really sweaty or we're gonna be
1: like maybe oh, a little yeah, bit drunk, good. maybe yeah. maybe a little bit drunk if the Mets are uh, <laughs> take the division in Atlanta, which would be so oh, so amazing. That'd covering be that locker room in champagne. But hey, I mean we're gonna we're gonna preview the Marlins series. That, a, that yeah, series we gotta get there first. It's a lot still, of work to do. A lot of work to do. Can't can't forget about those. But uh, speaking about a lot of work to do, your boy has done a lot of work in oh, the better. estimate, which is when we're gonna bring in John here because John. What's, what's that record looking like for the
2: estimate? How, how are we doing? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Did I win this one? Yeah, Mark, you sound like a guy who knows, uh, knows exactly what happened this weekend in Oakland in terms of the minutiae of pop foul balls, pop flyouts, Eight total. So, Mark, goes a game up. I believe this is your first lead the entire time since we started this back in June, which is I actually insane. think he won, he won the first one, then I rattled
0: him off.
1: I don't. Did I? I feel like I don't. I didn't have I a lead that. at at all. What? How big did your lead get, though, James? I think like it was seven six, three one.
0: I think it was six, seven three. Right?
1: Seven three six one. There was there was quite a bit of a of a lead that has just dwindled away, especially with the new the new format, the new system yeah. where we just both spit out numbers. I mean, I have been cash. I think I'm just a good handicapper. I think that's just what we're learning. Is I set an incredible line.
0: I think no, I think you've actually just gotten better setting lines. Cause if you were good at setting lines, you would have be been able to set them in the beginning as well. You were bad at setting lines at the beginning. No, but because I thread the needle, I give I give
1: you the middle number. And when you just have to say over under what I'm giving you, that's that's tough. Yeah, that was easy. Yeah. Well, we wanna do one like that for all time's sake. No, no, no. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. James gonna be wearing a tuxedo opening day next year. John, what is the SMF for this
2: series against the Marlins? So this series against the Marlins. Um Don Mattingly and the Marlins today announced that this would be the last season that Donnie Baseball is in the uh, the Marlins dugout. So he's been there for a long time. I think it goes back to what twenty sixteen. I believe so. I think I think that sounds right. I don't know Don
1: Mattingly. He's a manager. That's I think well, okay. I
2: think twenty sixteen.
1: Yeah, he um, yeah twenty sixteen was his first season with yeah. the Marlins. Correct.
2: Yeah, so it's been a while. I mean, that goes back to the last time the Mets were in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and Don Mattingly, we were talking about this before the show started. Mark, you know, I'm sure anyone else who's watched either Dodger games back when he was Dodger skipper, or Marlins games, God madly really likes to sit back, rub those hands together, do some managing. Yes. his fingerprints on the outcome of a game. Um, lots of changes, lots of mound visits, lots of lots of pitching changes.
1: He's Donnie baseball. He's got Donnie to be. That's, that's the manager's baseball. job. You got to make decisions, and the guy is always ready to make a decision.
2: Got to push the right button. So, of um, I guess we could put it this way. How many times will Don Mattingly try to push the right button in this two-game series? And shout out Don Mattingly, because you guys are going to get to this, but the Mets are not seeing Sandy Alcantara yes. in this series. And it looked like they were going to be seeing Sandy Alcantara. So that's quite nice for this little two-game series. So I'll give it to you guys again, as the rain outside is just insane right now. That's um, going to be coming it, our it, way, I guess.
0: It's, it's subsided over here. No, John's east now.
2: Uh, yeah. John's
0: not John's not east. He's west. I'm out on Long Island right now. Oh, you are. That's, east. That's
1: right. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah, that is east. Good. Yeah. East, exactly. West, north, south. It's, <laughs> it's all brains all the
2: same. <laughs> Seriously, this is one for the. This is one for the.
1: Uh, Listen, the when you have a series in Oakland, and there was what a total. Like, what was what was their attendance? It, it, the seventh line went out there, and I think probably tripled what their normal attendance is.
0: So I saw someone mm-hmm. in the seventh line chuck a beer out of a prosthetic leg. On Twitter. I wow. saw that too. That was That's yeah. awesome. That's oh, all. How,
2: how about how we got to get to this? We got to talk about this. Paramount allegedly putting the smile yes. people behind play. No free yeah. promo. I don't want to talk about it. Nah, that was but crazy. Yeah, they did that, one that, was, at, the, at the
0: Yankee game the other night too.
2: Yeah, the one that you got to
1: you got to tip your cap. No, that's really just, good. That's a really creative way to go about advertising.
2: I feel like Chris Bassett was the perfect guy to be on the mound to deal with that. Like, you know, you throw a rookie out there, you Scherzer. Can get rattled by that easily. Scherzer? I don't know. Bassett's I feel like Scherzer would just,
0: would just overthrow one, like get one to the net, like right next to the person's face, just to rattle then
2: End it all together?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Do no you guys want... stuff
0: when I'm pitching.
1: So I'm, I'm looking at the attendance. The Mets were 18,000 on Friday night, 16,000 on Saturday night. I don't know what it was on Sunday. You know what the Mar- know. You know what the Oakland A's did the last three games before that? Not to, 3, not to 5, really 6,000, 8,000, 6, 7, 4,600 4, was the high on Thursday night. So those three games combined against the Mariners, the Mets in one game already eclipsed that. That's in, that's insane. Yeah, Oakland, there was an opportunity to go to Oakland for this three games in 24 hours. And I was like, I love the Mets, but that's just, that can't be, <laughs> that can't be the game, Oakland.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine if you would have been sitting in like in the Oakland Coliseum instead of at Los Angeles, Niagara Pools' 700th home run? Six ninety nine and seven hundred in one night. I could have been there, and I mean, again, I love the Mets,
1: but Oakland, not not the city for me. I don't think.
2: Cool city. Have you been to? So you haven't been to that park?
1: No, I'm really trying my hardest to avoid going to the Oakland Coliseum. I'm hoping that they get a Mm -hmm. new stadium, and then I will go to the new one when it's nice, because I've never heard a good thing about Oakland Coliseum as a baseball stadium. It's got character. That's you know that's a really that's a professional way to put it there, John. It's got character
2: and lots of foul territory. Lots of foul territory, um,
1: and you know what? It's the reason I'm leading in the estimate. So thank you, Oakland, for that. Lots of foul territory.
0: Also, Netto to Gromstar, The Mets didn't get to a couple of those really just long foul ball journeys to get to them. So you could have even gotten higher. <laughs> could have gotten higher, but okay. So Dom Mattingly pitching
1: changes back to. We're on some tangents again. We're we're exhausted. It's happens. only ten o'clock. This isn't even a late episode for us, but. Don Mattingly pitching changes in the two-game series against the, Mar- or the
0: Mets with the Marlins. How mm-hmm.
1: many are this we is... going to see? The this other is caveat really...
0: here is that we are facing Pablo Lopez just to start bleeding into the uh, the preview. And the Mets are just the Pablo Lopez kryptonite. They really are. Like, especially in City's field. We'll throw like eight now, I know for sure, just from saying that. But Way to go, James. You, you had to say something. You had to know, you said, know the powers just, we have. I just said they've been kryptonite. That's true. Uh, that I didn't true, say anything bro. about the future.
1: True. True. Good. Good job. Good job. All right. to DJ. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm writing down my number here. It's gonna be. Honestly, let's. Let's go with this. I think the Marlins. It's the end of the year. Mets are swinging the bat well. Maybe the Marlins want to. Maybe the Marlins want to see what's going on with some of their pitchers. You know. Yeah. Get a little aggressive here. I don't even know.
2: 97 yeah. wins now for the Mets. By the way, that is the most by a Mets team since 2006, which I think you both will agree with me. Is the best Mets team of our lifetime. Our dads have definitely For seen sure. better Mets teams. Yeah. But 06, just contextualizing that, thinking about that, thinking about how much fun that 06 season was. I would love like, an 06 with better ending. To be 10 years old is, again. To be 10 years old again. Wouldn't that be nice also? Well, John, you were probably like 18, but oh yeah, yeah. Everyone gets John was John
0: was junior in college for yeah. correctly. John was John was completing his doctorate. His doctorate in stats. He
1: this could purchase a legal alcohol beverage.
2: This is when Rutgers was beating uh, Louisville, Pandemonium Piscataway that long ago.
1: Oh, are you and then they've been irrelevant
0: since sorry Rutgers. I think that's the year the Sopranos ended, or maybe 2005.
2: Still so haven't that watched the Sopranos. Right. That sounds about right. Are you guys ready? I got my number. Yeah, it's up. written on an envelope. This is an interesting one. All right. That's you're nice. mailing it in. Yeah. I'm mailing <laughs> it
1: in. <laughs> Good one, John. Quick, quick. All right. Here we go. Right. Ready?
2: Yes. Yeah. One,
1: two, three. Seven. Six. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> so you want to know why I went with seven? Because I've been going with seven. I think that's been my answer like the last like three or four maybe. And no I've been winning. Way. And I've been winning.
0: So I'm going to go with seven again. Uh it's it's, it's i really almost, i almost hit seven we haven't matched yet that would have been what even would have been the like the, what happens if we match that's
1: honestly almost the crazier thing is that we haven't yet gotten the same number <laughs> on an estimate okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But Yeah. We didn't get it this one, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, six, probably. James. I love when you go lower than me because I can really just, I can vote for chaos.
0: I, I yeah, okay, start throwing
1: fun. in all the pitchers. They could throw. They could throw six in in the first game on
0: Tuesday. Oh, night. for sure. Yeah, no, it's a possibility. Right, which, I just I, six files? I mean, our numbers are incredibly close together. It's not like we had different frames of thought. <laughs> Correct. I just love when you're lower than me. That's the that's the good one. All right, easy. We'll see. We'll see how we go here.
1: Yeah, we'll see how we do, John. All anything right, else guys. to talk about? We've this, John. This is the rare. Maybe 40 minute episodes. So, this is up to you. Do you want to make it a little time. bit longer? What you, do you have anything you want to talk to us about, or is, should we talk about the Marlins series? Rangers
2: open ah, soon. I was there, you go. You read my mind tomorrow <laughs> night. So, we got all the sports, we got all the good stuff. We got college football. Good oh, college we're about to have the, league, the, the what's the word? The cornucopia. No, uh, yeah, what is the word? It's in the October when all four leagues are going yeah. at the same time. It's on the eclipse, I guess. An eclipse would be a good word for it, sort of. I like, right? I like the
1: nexus. I don't know what a nexus is, but I like that. What Indeed. that sounds like. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, but the Rangers and Islanders play a preseason game tomorrow, so that's exciting. I mean.
1: Okay, so I need I need insight here onto preseason hockey because spring training baseball, we're crazy Mets fans. We know it. Mm-hmm. You're intently watching this
2: preseason hockey game. Uh Am I intently watching a preseason hockey game? So I think, like any sport, the first one when you get that first taste of it, you're all over it. But for me, you know, like if a third or fourth stringer, like someone I know is starting the year in in, in the AHL, starting, I'm not I'm not all over that. You know, there's a couple guys I want to see, but it's not like baseball where if there's a prospect and yeah. you know what innings he's pitching, a, a pitching prospect, like you can dial in for the third and fourth innings. Like I want to see Vitaly Krapov, right? James <laughs> talking about him, hundred um, percent. A guy that you want to buy some some stock in. Of course, uh, you know, yeah, I if want you to see. Bojo, maybe we get hockey. You can do it, perhaps. But like you, I can't time when I'm watching Vitaly Kraft Kratzov. I'm either sitting down watching, <laughs> and even when you do, it, it's like he's on the run. ice for like forty five seconds. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, look, it's nice to have the ice down. But here's the thing: the best October is one where the Rangers don't matter. Yes, mm, that's true. That's the best October. <laughs> I remember I, October 06. I didn't I wasn't dialing into the Rangers at all that year until like November really because it took like me like two weeks to get over what happened. So
0: yeah, I yeah, no I'm, listen. I I like, I like that I like that philosophy there, John. Yeah, I like hockey a lot. I'm not a puckhead like John, but I usually I usually tap into the Rangers the second both like at the, the at one time in my life this was a real sentence, it's not anymore. Once like the Mets and Jets became irrelevant, but now I've replaced the Jets basically with Ohio State. So once those two seasons are over, so that's after the parade. And after the national championships, so I'll be like yeah. June, I'll be like January 15th. Then I'll really lock into the rain. That's my that's birthday. All- you just happen to pick my birthday. There you go. Happy
1: birthday. There you there go. You Perfect. Go. That's, that's, that's when hockey mark. matters is what Mark's birthday. That's <laughs> exactly the day that, that we start caring about hockey. Yeah. yeah. Usually I wait till the Knicks become irrelevant, which is pretty often now. Yeah. So, like, um, like South Carolina football season. has never been good since I've cared. So that's, that doesn't help me. I just, I root for a lot of, a lot of losing teams here. So it's nice that the Mets are playing well and
0: maybe the Rangers will get good too. I'm actually, I'm act- yeah. actually watching our listenership as We've talked about nonsense, but it was cool to see Ohio state dog walk. What uh, Wisconsin on Saturday? That was great. Yeah, there that, you was, go. that was crazy. That was a wild win. That was, that was I as remember. dominant as they've even looked in the big 10 that was against a team that was in the top 20 to start the year. South Carolina beat Charlotte. John, how did Indiana cool. do? Did they play?
2: They did. Um, I was on the other side of Indiana, so I didn't really get to see much of that game. Uh, they lost by like twenty something to Cincinnati. So, oh, geez, all right. Yeah, yeah, it was all good. I took it a really good FAU Purdue game, which <laughs> is a sentence I didn't think that I was saying a year ago. <laughs> Florida but. Atlantic and Purdue—that's like,
1: how does that even come up on a schedule? How did the ads even are like, let's let's schedule Florida Atlantic to come up to, and play in Purdue?
2: Yeah, I think there's money exchanged. I think though the bigger schools pay the smaller schools the. Them.
1: They do, but like, how much bigger is Purdue than Florida Atlantic, realistically?
2: Oh, Purdue is a pretty big school. I mean, that's a Big Ten school compared to a Conference USA boiler. Purdue is big. I mean, I I don't like Purdue at all. But no. that's <laughs> no, it's known for its engineers and its hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't realize Neil Armstrong went to Purdue. The, just, the oh, astronaut? Really? Yeah, there's like a, there's like three buildings named after him. I was on campus yesterday, and like all you do, you turn around. There's Neil Armstrong.
1: Well, you know, if the moon landing was I, real. No, I'm just I'm joking.
2: I'm joking. <laughs> awful, I not even listen to that podcast air. for you to say that. Let's <laughs> stop after dark. <laughs> it
1: was on a T. It was on a T. That was just, that yeah. was too easy. All right. I think that's the official time. Let's get to Let's get John out of here. Let's wrap this one yeah. up. Let's get a, this is going to be the 40-minute episode. John, thank you. Appreciate you. See you guys later. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks, I That was medicine. We talked Good about, we, we talked about Pablo Lopez starting game one. This is also like a weird time in the Mets schedule. Where they're gonna have two off days in between, or on the yes. outside of the the
0: filling that's gonna be the Miami Marlins series of just random two. And you guys keep an eye out on the off day. We're gonna be dropping a bonus episode on Tuesday because there's just two days between Mets baseball. Hoping that's how we, but we'll see how that works out. We'll talk about that after this. But the other pitcher we're going to see is Jesus Luzar though. Who he we he looked good against us last time, and he just he, he's Jesus Luzar though is like. I'm trying to think. He's kind of like his is kind of like a mango where you're going to cut into it. You'll know what you're going to get. Okay. All you right. I was like, mean, where are you going with this? Yeah. It, mango could, be is fan- it could be fantastic, but also you could be like, oh, this is terrible. It's a finicky fruit. It is a finicky fruit with very high ceiling and a very low floor. I
1: prefer, bizarre, and you're going to laugh that James, James is going to really love this one. I prefer mango tasting things than the actual mango. Like a mango ice is so much better than a real mango. Mango. I've had some great mango living with you uh, when we were roommates. You're like, man, what a great mango. And I've had it. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of like watermelon to me. I don't, I don't understand the hype around a great mango or a watermelon. They just always seem like they taste the same. And I've had people say, this is a great watermelon. This is a great mango. And it's always let me down.
0: I feel you with watermelon, but I don't feel you on mango, but I just don't feel like taking the time to argue about this on this baseball podcast about fruit. No, that's we, fine, that's fine. We've, we've got Carrasco and Taiwan pitching for us this series. Uh, two guys who've been very good recently. Two guys who, who I, like. I, I like. I like the way this schedule has lined up now where we get those guys against the Marlins. Then we're going to, in some order, have Bassett, DeGrom, Scherzer against Atlanta. We'll be interesting to see how the Mets do order that because as of right now, it's scheduled the exact same way as this past series where it's Bassett Friday, DeGrom Saturday scherzer sunday but there is a world where the national series becomes important and you kind of probably would like for either degrom or scherzer to have an opportunity to opportunity to start in those games correct
1: yes but i also don't want to talk about it because i this this marlin series you, you gotta you gotta win two you gotta win two here against the marlins so i don't even want to look forward yet looking looking too hard looking too far ahead yeah, like none it, of those guys are pitching the series, so it's irrelevant. Okay, you're right. I'll take it. Yeah, I, it. I don't. Yeah, kill it. We'll we'll end it there. I want to focus on the Marlins, beat the pants off of them, and then we can we can start talking about the, the absolute chaos that is going to ensue next weekend. Because let's be honest, that's that's really what everyone's looking forward yes. to. But we got to beat the Marlins. It's very long, important
0: to beat the Marlins. As long as we win those two games, at worst case scenario, we're going into Atlanta up a game, and we have yes. a tiebreaker with them. So that means by winning one game, we'll guarantee ourselves a tiebreaker and what is still the controlling of our own destiny by at least keep winning one of those games. Yes, so beat the Marlins. If we we win these two games this week, because the the Braves are heading to Washington for a three-game series starting on Monday night. So our off day, they're going to be playing. They can cut the lead by half a game. They're facing Corey Abbott, which I don't feel that good about. Listen, Corey Abbott is a pitcher. He's pesky. And you know what else? Nationals... That's just lineup is doing a little bit of things right now. Joey Baseball, Joey Maneses. Joey Maneses, baby. He like, he like single-handedly won me a fantasy baseball matchup this week to the point where earlier in the day, in a semifinal, where I thought I was going to lose, I texted the group chat. I did my reverse jinx, got it out of the way, which was very helpful. And then I said, if I do win this championship, I am getting a Maneses jersey. Okay, yeah, I was going to say you me. should get one. He's been so blazing hot for me. He's been so clutch. CJ Crone had, had a little injury this week. Menezes filled in at first base, was flying colors, has the outfield eligibility, has been such a chess piece for him in the daily league. I can't believe how good he's been for the last month. We saw his major league debut, feel somewhat connected to him in that way. We need to join Menezes' home run off Bryce Elder tomorrow to keep yeah. this train going. Wait, is the matchup
1: tomorrow Bryce Elder versus Corey Abbott? Yeah. That is like the most oatmeal, not even oatmeal. It's, That's it's like, like it's like two characters from a story
0: mode in a video game. It's like tap
1: water. Like he just did, that game is who's got the better tap water, Corey Abbott
0: yeah. or uh, Bryce Elder. My because goodness. Because not again. Also, not to look ahead, but the Braves have scheduled the series against us, obviously to have Freed Wright Morton. Okay. Yeah. I mean, no, with we're Strider on, on the shelf. No, no looking ahead. No looking ahead. No looking ahead. But just mentioning. To end this
1: here, John put an insane clip of what's going on at Yankee Stadium right now during the rain delay. There's a man who appears to be bathing in ketchup.
0: No way.
1: You gotta look at this video before we wrap up here. Cause like I it has to be spoken about. I don't know who you are, man, but that's Oh my god. That's like quite possibly one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Look at the Just, people looking at him. I mean, yeah, like this is this is the closest thing ever to a human circus. What the hell is going on there? How does that, is, how does that even come up? I'm going to douse myself in pounds of ketchup.
0: Why is this? This, whole, this went out 13 minutes ago. Why have, why, have not, why have only 9,000 people seen it? Well, it's 61 quote tweets is a shocking amount in that amount of time for someone God, who's
1: got 100 followers on Twitter. My gosh. All right. Let's wrap this one up here, guys. Follow us on all our social media, at Stuff on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're uh, watching the YouTube video, New York Mets YouTube channel, go subscribe over there. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a ring, drop us a review, download, and subscribe. I promise the next episode will be a little more put together, a little more hype. It's been a crazy weekend for the boys. Oakland does this to you. puts you in a lull. Beat the Marlins. Win two. And then we can talk about the next series after that. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Follow James at?
0: James underscore Shiano.
1: Me at Giraffe Mark. Bye. I'm done. Good night. <laughs> Later guys,
0: catch you next time. Beat the Marlins. Get up. Get get up, get up.